Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your, pr- your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Today is August 20th, 2019. On today's O Show episode, we've got Chicago White Sox pitching prospect Kyle Kubot talking Kubot antics in the dugout. He uses the railing to jump over instead of the dugout steps, which is kind of odd. We talk about our NBA Mount Rushmores. I didn't quite, uh, or didn't quite make the pod because uh, I couldn't think of it on the spot. Uh, but he had a pretty uh, wild fourth face on his Mount Rushmore. I don't think anybody would have had this guy on their Mount Rushmore. I'll talk about it a bit after the interview. Kyle also talks about growing up a big Yankees fan, having a cool encounter with both Derek Jeter and Roger Clemens as a kid, why he was able to become so successful in the White Sox organization, why he thinks I look like sunshine from Remember the Titans, and more. Let's get right into this interview with Kyle Kubot from the Chicago White Sox here on the O Show, presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out, get the latest sports content at bellyupsports.com with outside-the-box articles and podcasts, including The Corner Booth, The O Show, 50-50 Booking, Chair Gaten, and much more, and by TickPick, a ticket marketplace based in New York City, providing fans with no hidden fees on your orders. Get your tickets now. Let's go. say your hair is better than mine? No. No? No, I need to cut mine. I need to color it again. And I wear hats though, so it's okay. I can cover it all. You know, when uh, they told, when PR told me that they asked you for, that you'd do an interview, you said, is it a supermodel? Mm-hmm. You, you came pretty damn close. I mean, you do look like sunshine from Remember the Chinese, <laughs> so I mean, I'll, I'll okay. give it to you. Okay. So the, the first question I wanted to ask you, I uh, did a little research, found uh, the antics of Kyle Kubat oh, online, man. Nebraska. So you don't come through the traditional route, you don't go through the dugout and up the stairs. When you go out to the mound, you actually climb over the guardrails. Are you ever afraid of getting hurt that way? Like, what what made you do that? Pitchers are athletes, so I had a no-hitter just, just like going, and I decided to keep doing it, so. Did you throw the no-hitter? No, I did, and I gave it up in, like, the seventh. That's okay. That is okay. Four years at Nebraska. You grew up in Omaha, right? Correct. 313 ERA in college. What made you so successful in college? Uh, throwing strikes. 
getting ahead, mixing. I only had basically two pitches, fastball changeup. So um, in order to be successful, you just got to get ahead, pound the zone, in, up, down, mix speeds, and you know, learn how to pitch. You know, it's a long season. Yeah. Keep it light, keep it fun. You don't have to practice for a day, and we just had fun as a team. You ever been to the Omaha World Series? Absolutely. My parents have had tickets for 30 plus years when they were $2. That's nice. Absolutely. Two seen the Omaha World Series. Did you have a team growing up, MLB team? Uh, I did. Um, I like the Yankees. My guy. Derek Big Jeter. Yankee guys. Derek Jeter was my favorite player growing okay. up. Um, I have a, another story with that. Uh, I think it was nine, and they were in Kansas City, Yankees were. And a buddy of mine, we weave our way up to the bus. Yeah. Very front row. And... I gave Roger Clemens his autograph that night. That's a good one. That's a good one, right? And Clemens and Jeter are the only two that come back out and sign for a few autographs. Really? Yep. What year was this? Uh, I was nine, so it's 15 years ago. Didn't happen in the later years, I'll no, tell you it was that. 15 years ago. And if this is me, yeah. Derek Jeter started signing with a person to my right, and he went the All other way. All the way down. So I was I've literally been there. within reaching grasp of my idol and I didn't get his autograph but it's a funny story being in professional baseball you never know who I run into or if something happens where oh, I run man. into Derek Jeter and you know I tell him that story and hopefully oh, yeah. he, he gets to sign me a baseball then and there but just just a fun little story as a kid growing up I was that close to my idol that happened to me uh, last year with Mike Trout he was signing everybody's ball and there I am just waiting he's like up here to the left to the right diagonal and then he just leaves alright ah, thanks guys yeah, oh, man, that's doesn't cool. give you a good feeling so you, you signed with um, the Royals 2015 out of Nebraska correct come over to the White Sox organization 2017 mm -hmm. worked your way up the ladder in the system what do you think has made you so successful moving up the ladder in this organization because you've been pretty good being consistent yeah. with my work day in and day out. Um, I know what I'm up against. You know, you know I'm not the top rounder. I'm, right. The media is obviously not going to be Googling over me. Like, I'm like, here, like, aren't a, I? like a Robert type thing. Yeah. It's fun to walk around with Robert where everyone's you know, <laughs> all around him. But I stick to my game plan. I stick to what I do best. I'm not going to try and be someone I'm not. And that goes back to the philosophy or stat had at Nebraska. Go. Go pitch, go do what I do best, mix speeds in and out, compete, and have fun. Now, I talked to Zach Thompson on Thursday, and we were talking about how he has a mentality on the field and a completely different mentality off the field, like a gentle giant, some yes, would call him, off the that, field. Yes. And then he's on the mound, he's like Terminator mode, becomes an instant serial killer. I asked him to give, him, give me an alter ego name, he's like, uh, Bruce. So do you have an on and off switch when you're on the mound as compared to when you're in the dugout just hanging around with teammates? Yeah, I do have a different mentality. The yeah. days I pitch, I'm a little more locked in, um, a little more serious, but not too serious. Right. It's still baseball. I've come to realize that now being it's a, a starter, um, you got a bad start. You got to sit a little bit five days, and then you got to go back out there and do it again. You have a good start you don't get too high just keep with your work go back out there repeat your stuff um, being able to not ride the roller coaster of emotions in this game right, is very yeah. very critical to lasting a long time and lasting a season um, you know we're at a point it's almost august we've been, oh yeah been pitching since february um, <laughs> i've had some good outings i've had some great ones i've had some innings where i wish i could erase from my memory right. but you know what that's baseball it is what it is. I've been playing this game for however many years since I've been six, five. I'm not gonna remember everything, right? But remember the good time, and you kind of forget the bad and learn from them. Only lessons learned. So you mentioned the grind. I'm very uh, curious as to what players do, like on road trips, on long bus trips. Are you the type of guy that will sit back, watch Netflix, take a nap, listen to podcasts, music? Are you the type of guy that screws around with teammates, plays cards, do whatever? Usually we're on the bus at about nine in the morning, so yeah. I'm kind of tired right, still. Yeah. So I'll take my take my nap. I'll listen to music, watch a watch some Netflix, and I'll just hang out. I'm not really a big run around the bus kind of guy. I'll just sit there and do my own thing. I respect that. What what show are you watching on Netflix right now? I'm a big um, crime guy, so right yeah. now I'm finishing NCIS Los Angeles. It's a good one. Um, CSI, Hawaii Five-O. Uh, 
big nerd, Big Bang Theory guy. Love kinda, Big Bang Theory. It's over. Sad yeah. that it's over. I haven't watched like the last three seasons. Don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. I know. I, yeah. I watch it with my mom, so I'm saving it for when I get back home. We watch it on DVD together. <laughs> um, yeah, just big crime guy. So, do you have an idol or a mentor you grew up watching the game of baseball, whether it was your dad, your grandfather, a pro baseball player? Do you have anybody that you looked up to in the game and that you aspired to be? Um, Derek Jeter, obviously, yeah, he was my idol. Obviously, he wasn't a pitcher. No. Um, but I enjoyed watching guys like Greg Maddox. Um, who else? Tom Glavin. Randy Johnson, you know, the guys that people may not know this era, understanding that I don't have to go out there and throw 95, which, oh, which yeah. this day and age, it's, you know, everyone wants to see velocity, but you got to understand, guys that throw 88, 89, 90 oh, still go out there and compete, and it's, it's fun to do, it goes back to not being someone I'm not. Right. So... To go out there and you know kind of emulate their game what they do watch how they pitch try and do it out there it was fun to watch guys like that absolutely and if you could go back in time i asked zach this the other day many great rivalries in the game of baseball you had the yankees and the red sox 0304 nobody could forget that especially us yankee fans mm -hmm. cubs cardinals uh any day back in the day the pete rose era the big red machine if you could go back in any era, any time, any sport really, just for a moment or just for a rivalry, whatever it is, if you can go back in time, which time would you go back and pick? Oh man, that's tough. I honestly, I'm going to switch sports on you. I want to okay. go back to the Laker days Yeah. with Kobe, Shaq, I remember, who's the lefty, Derek Fisher, lefty yep. shooter, I remember... Fish. He hit a game-winning three at the top of the key. Someone batted the ball out, rebound, in step. I think it was against the Spurs. Yeah. I think. Drains it right at the top of the key to win it. Um, I think being in that organization around that time, the Lakers would have been pretty cool to be a fly on the wall. Well, that's interesting you say that. I actually have a question for you. Mount Rushmore of sports. Well, do you uh, Mount Rushmore of NBA? So oh, oh. for me, for me, I got MJ. Of course, I have Bill Russell, he's got 10 rings, and then I got LeBron and Kobe. I gotta go Kobe and MJ. Um, man, killing me here with these. I don't, know, I don't know, I got two on my Rushmore right now. There's a lot of good players. Um, I have to go Larry Bird, too. Larry Bird. Um, one more. Were you a Lakers fan? Just I'm, an NBA fan? Just like an players. NBA, yeah. yeah just like you're a player guy. Um, you know, it's sports, so just put it on TV and just have the noise in the background. I don't know if I can give you a fourth one. Maybe it'll <laughs> pop in my head at the end of the interview here. Awesome. And last thing before I let you go. You mentioned the grind all season long. You guys have been pitching since February. What's the diet? Like, what do you guys, like, when you're done with this interview right now, what are you, you going to go back there, eat and catering? Like, what do you guys got? Well, I got a workout, so I'm probably just going to pop some C4 pre-workout. Okay. Chug some water. I'll get you going a for sure. Bit. Um, hopefully we got some chicken and pasta in there. Um, as a nutrition um, degree, yeah. you know, I should be eating a little bit better, but sometimes I got to cheat a little bit. Actually, I kind of cheat a lot during the season. I mean, you're on the road all the time, you know? It's tough. It's tough. And, you know, our hotel, we walk right by a Chick-fil-A. So, obviously, I got to hit that up right, every yeah. once in a while. That's not good. Plus, I'm a big, big fan of Dr. Pepper. That's not good, Kyle. I, I used to be a quick, big mug root beer guy. Ooh, uh, barks for beer guys. Really? But the quickest way to my heart is probably bring me a bottle of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> not Mr. Pibb, Dr. Pepper. There is a difference. There is a difference between the two, and I would know. What's the difference? It just—it just tastes. Just, it. You chemicals? just know. You just know. Okay. You just know the taste difference. Like if I handed you a Barks root beer instead of a Mug root beer, oh yeah, you, you yeah, know. Barks is different for Have, sure. There you go, right there. <laughs> okay. So when's your next start? I believe I'm starting Tuesday at Norfolk. 
Okay, and what's the mentality on a pregame? Like, when you're going in, do you have any routine that you got? I saw in that one video back in Nebraska, ah, you're just, like, flailing your arms, day. golf mentality. Like, what's the what's the game prep? Um, stay loose. Yeah. It's, it's changed over the years, going from bullpen to starter. Come in, get my workout routine, band, stretch, do all my therapy stuff. Come out here about a half hour, say hi to a few fans, yeah. wave to the kids who are all rambunctious, ready for the game. Um, make someone smile, go out there, stretch, play catch, and go out there, do my thing. Not try and complicate it too much. Absolutely. Have you ever grown your hair out like this? I Like you? Have you ever tried? This is the longest my hair has ever been, but I do the What if you get it cut? But I do the undercut. Well, so do I. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to yeah. start growing it back. I grew out the sideburns. I can't grow it on the sides or else it just straight afros it. So and I, do you put highlights? Do you, like, bleach it? Yeah. That's not, I might do that one day. I was just sitting there in the off-season one time. I was like, I wonder what I look like with blonde hair. So I just... Absolutely. You got to try it. I did. Absolutely. Whatever. Kyle Kubot, thanks for coming on, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26, your, pur your purchase is $26. No joke, the most transparent, consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Previously on the Osho Podcast. This week on the Osho Podcast, Hunter Shelton from 5050 Booking and Lamar Fields from Belly Up Sports joined the podcast to talk a little baseball. We had a lot go down this past weekend. The Dodgers making history at Chavez Ravine. Three walk-offs, three rookies, three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Matt Beatty, Alex Verdugo, and Will Smith making history for Dave Roberts' squad, who, who's on a magical tear right now. Uh, in La La Land. The Yankees on a tear of their own acquire Edwin Encarnacion, arguably the best uh, offense in the American League, if not the entire MLB, one of the deadliest lineups I've ever seen personally. Albert Pujols returned to St. Louis after eight years. The last game he played at Bush Stadium was in Game 7 of the 2011 World Series against the Texas Rangers. Hard to believe the Angels haven't visited St. Louis once in the last eight years, almost a full decade since Albert Pujols returned to St. Louis. Got a big hug, hug from Yadi Molina. Goes yard into the Cardinals' bullpen. It was a good weekend for Albert. We'll get into that. Pete Alonso's on a tear. 27 home runs. Has already broken the single-season home run record for rookies in the Mets organization set by Daryl Strawberry back in the 80s. So Pete Alonso, he's pretty good. Pete Alonso equals good. Uh, All-Star game voting equals bad. The All-Star game voting has taken a turn for the worse this year as many great players are getting snubbed. Uh, Xander Bogarts leads the American League in almost every offensive category. He's only making the All-Star game if Alex Cora decides he wants him to be in the All-Star game, which he will. He's his manager, and he knows how damn good he is. He's sixth in the uh, American League All-Star game voting for shortstops behind guys like Carlos Correa who haven't even played this year. That's when you know something's wrong. Pete Alonso also getting snubbed. Rafael Devers. Gio Urshela is currently second. I love the guy. 
Big Yankee fan. Love Gio Urshela. He's been awesome. Shouldn't be second behind Alex Bregman in the All-Star Game voting at third base. So we'll get into that and much more on this edition of the O Show podcast presented by Belly Up Sports. But first, before we get to Hunter and before we get to Lamar, let's take this quick message from TickPick. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your Your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web, authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. Fourth, two thousand and nineteen. We got Hunter Shelton and Lamar Fields with us from Belly Up Sports. Boys, welcome to the show of O's, the number one show of O's, the O Show podcast. Yes, you're welcome. So here's what I want to talk about today with you boys, all Belly Up baseball guys. I want to get into first the Dodgers three-game sweep of the Colorado Rockies because never before in history have we seen it before. Back-to-back-to-back walk-off home runs by three rookies for the Dodgers. I want to get into a little bit about the New York Yankees' current tear in the AL East because they have the deadliest lineup in professional sports as we speak. Currently up 10-2 on the Toronto Blue Jays. And Carlos Stanton just like a 450-foot nuke to dead center over the bullpen. Uh, Pete Alonso on a very, very, very intense tear with the New York Mets right now. 27 home runs in the first half, and we're not even close to done. Uh, All-star game voting, a a lot of guys are getting snubbed. Xander Bogarts, Pete Alonso, they stand out among the rest. And we'll get into a little bit about Albert Pujols' return to St. Louis, where he he went yard. So first, Los Angeles Dodgers. You had Matt Beattie. You had Will Smith, not the actor, but the guy who got called up from Oklahoma City, AAA, on Sunday. And then you had Alex Verdugo on Saturday. So what do you guys think of this? Like, like this is insane to me. This Dodger team is insanely special this year. Team probably going back to the World Series for the third year in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it just everything's going their way right now. You know, when you've got like you've got Cody Bellinger leading the way, and then with all these young guys contributing, it's, it's, it seems like it's a different dude every day with a couple consistent. And I mean, what they're like 54 and 25 as of right now. They, they seem unstoppable. They have no competition in the West. It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. So I didn't see them. I thought they were going to take a step back after losing the World Series last year, but they look like they focused on trying to 
win the World Series this year, which I still don't think they're going to do, but it probably could happen. I, I really just want to see them go back just to lose three years in a row. That, that's my hope with the Dodgers this year. Go back three years in a row to trifecta and lose all three years. They could be like the Buffalo Bills of the MLB in the 21st century. But to me, like, I, I, I'd have to look into it. Maybe you could look that up right now. I don't know if any team in MLB history has ever lost. I know not four in a row. I don't know about three in a row. Definitely two in a row. The Rangers did it a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but to me, after the Dodgers lost the World Series in 2017 to the Astros, they took a step back in the first three months of the year in 2018 and had to climb their way back. They actually played a one a game 163 against the Rockies uh, last year to win the division and ended up just beating up on a hot Brewers team in seven games, go back to the World Series just to choke against the Boston Red Sox. And now they're coming out of the gates, firing on all cylinders, like you just said, Hunter. Cody Bellinger having an MVP like yours, 25 bombs already. Alex Verdugo breaking out of his shell. Walker Bueller, the next young stud behind Clayton Kershaw on the rotation. Everything just seems to be going right for them. Uh, I remember last year in the World Series, they had two different lines. This year they have one solid core that they can go to. They have Justin Turner up there. They have Cody Bellinger, Alex Verdugo heating up, like I said. Uh, last year, I remember they had literally like a lefty lineup where they would bring out uh, Cody Bellinger at first base. They had Jock Peterson that they could go to and right. And then I remember the right-handed lineup. They had Max Muncy who they still have, don't utilize that well this year. And he really hasn't had that great of a year compared to last year where he broke out in a big way. But they also have, uh, they had Matt Kemp last year. Like they, they had two different lineups. And I remember the World Series game one or game two, Cody Bellinger is on the bench and Matt Kemp starting, which made no sense to me. Like the lefty righty matchups like really don't matter. Like they do not matter when it comes to Cody Bellinger or Jock Peterson. Matt Kemp could use a day off if not Cody Bellinger. So it just didn't make sense to me. But this year, they're really firing on all, sim all cylinders. And again, I, I see them going back to the World Series. I think they're the clear-cut favorites in the NL, but time will tell if they win. I have no so idea. That, uh, stat. So three teams have returned to the World Series a third straight time after losing two in a row, which is the 09 Tigers, the 1913 New York Giants, and the 1923 New York Yankees. And I believe all three of them one that year so um, we'll see if the dodgers can join that uh, small company so no team in history has ever lost three world series in a row it's never been back to back to back so they have an opportunity to make history this year the los angeles dodgers have had an insane run this year they just completed a three-game sweep of the colorado rockies matt Beattie, alex verdugo and will smith Three walk-off home runs off the bat of three rookies made history, and we'll see if they make history later on in the year to become the first team in Major League Baseball history to lose three World Series in a row. And you know who that that, that team, that AL team that they're going to lose to. It's not the Minnesota Twins, Hunter. Hunter's a big Minnesota Twins fan. It's going to be the New York Yankees. And here's why. They have the deadliest lineup in the American League, if not the American League East, I mean, one through nine, arguably the greatest lineup that they've dished out in the last decade. You have DJ LeMayhew, you got Aaron Judge, you got Giancarlo Stanton, Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez, Edwin Encarnacion, Glaber Torres, Aaron Hicks. Am I forgetting anybody? Is that eight? Um, I think you got them. Uh, I think you got them all, honestly. Yeah, regardless, it's... Didi uh, Gregorius. The guy who had 27 home runs last year. It's insane what they're doing. I mean, they were down 2 nothing in the bottom of the fifth in tonight's game. It's the top of the seventh, and they're up 10-2. I mean, yeah, they, they, things change like that, like just snapping the fingers. Uh, Aaron Judge has not really been that, all that great since coming off the DL. Give him time, of course, though. He's going to go on a tear where he hits 15 home runs in 25 games. Giancarlo hit a 445-foot bomb over the left center field wall tonight. Hopefully, if he can get going, if him and Judge get going alongside Gary Sanchez, who's having a career year, historic year for a Yankee catcher, for all catchers in the MLB, I think he has 23 home runs, which is the most ever by a catcher in the first half of the season. 
And then Luke Voigt also up there, 19 home runs. Uh, LeMayhew, like I mentioned, a huge bat in that lineup. He's probably been the best offseason signing Brian Cashman's made thus far. He has 10 home runs. He, he's incredible. He's my new favorite player. Miguel yeah, Andahar yeah. is so the past. Six guys in double-digit home runs, and you know we're at the end of June. I mean, they're going to beat their own record from last year for most home runs ever in a season. Right, and that's six guys not including Aaron Judge and Giancarlo. Giancarlo hit his first of the year tonight. It, it's June 24th. Giancarlo Stanton hit his first home run of the season. And the Yankees are primed and ready to win their 50th game of the year tonight. If I told you that at the beginning of the season, you would say I'm crazy. Right, and I mean, like, when they went out and they made that Encarnacion pickup, it was like, well, this is just, like, it's unnecessary, you know? But, I mean, it, it's like, it's an embarrassment of riches they have in the batter's box right now. Oh, I mean, there's Red Sox fans everywhere. Like, why do they need him? Like, why Why was this move made? And Encarnacion... When you're the Yankees, sometimes it's... Why not? I mean, Brian Cashman basically just got bored. Eh. Well, let's go get the AL home run leader. I mean, we need pitching. They need pitching. I mean, Paxton has, hasn't really lived up to his reputation. Tanaka's been on and off again. Severino's not coming back until after the All-Star break. Sabathia, it's, you know, at best five, six innings with him. Hap's been horrendous. Hap has not been good. Hap equals bad. J.A. Hap has not been the pitcher he was last year. So the Yankees need to go out and get a big ace of the staff. And I hear Brian Cashman. Domingo Herman's been great, though. He has been. Domingo on a Sunday, Herman. I think he already has nine wins. He, he went on the I.L. too. Hopefully he'll be right. back. He'll, he'll have that innings limit, though, after he reaches either a buck fifty or 200 innings. So they might not even have him for the playoffs. But the big rumor swirling around is, and he's probably not even going to be made available, the toughest SOB in Major League Baseball right now, uh, Brian Cashman, says he's going to do whatever it takes to go after Max Scherzer. And yeah, to me... I'm afraid. you imagine that? Max Scherzer and Prince Strikes. If the, the imagine all the angry baseball fans around the world. Yeah. The shoe fits, for sure. He seems like a... Scherzer seems like a guy who would embrace that evil empire role. I mean, he's got the black eye to go with it. Oh, he's got to even shave. A day after taking a... So he was in the batting cage, squaring down the bunt, and it hits him in the eye. So it, off the bat, ricochets, hits him in the eye. He, apparently, he said it didn't hurt that much. Like, he's had a lot worse injuries that have hurt that didn't look as bad. It just looked terrible. Like, he said that while he was warming up throwing, he could feel his face just throbbing, which he had to get used to, and that was, like, the biggest thing. But Max Scherzer is arguably the toughest SOB in Major League Baseball and arguably the best pitcher in the National League. Yeah, I think he definitely claimed that title after that. Yeah, the Yankees get him, I think it's a, I think it's a wrap on the season, baby, him. Though I said that when they got uh, Stanton last year. I thought it was a wrap in the AL last year when we had Judge, Stanton, Sanchez in the same lineup, and they disappointed. Even with the guy, even with Glaber Torres and Miguel Andohar going on the tears that they went on, still couldn't beat the Red Sox. And uh, going back to Encarnacion, I, I don't know if you guys thought this stat, but I was so surprised that since, I think it's 2011, Encarnacion has the most home runs and the most RBIs of any player. Yeah, I mean, he... I, that that kind of shocked me. He's only behind uh, Albert Pujols, I think, for most home runs by an active player. Crazy. Yeah, I did a, when I was doing an article on him for the, on the train, for failure, yeah, going through his, you know, be re reference page, it's all of, he, he is crushing home runs for Toronto. I mean, yeah, he's, he's been a consistent slugger, he, yeah. you know, he's just been great. I mean, he, he he noticeably, like, it was very visible to me that he was not happy playing in Seattle because there was no intention of winning there. Right. He just seemed miserable, and he's still putting up 21 home runs in his time there leading the American League. Yeah. And what a disappointment Seattle has been after, like, the amazing, they were the best team in baseball, like, the first, like, two or three weeks, and then they just totally dropped off in other sellers. Well, my big thing with them was always, like, they won 89 games last year, I think. Like, you can double-check that, but I think they were 89-73. and 73. Literally were in the playoff race throughout the entire year. Kind of slowed down towards the end and got knocked out. But they were right there. And they, they haven't made the playoffs in over 18 years now. And then they just cleaned house. 
I don't think they needed to clean house. I think they were good to go with what they had. I mean, they had Paxton at the top of the rotation. You have an ailing Felix Hernandez. He's not King Felix anymore. He's just Felix Hernandez, unfortunately. But they had a pretty solid rotation. Uh, they just added that Japanese guy this year. They had Robbie Cano at second base. They had Gene Segura at shortstop. They had a solid lineup. I don't, I don't understand why they cleaned house. And now this year, they already got rid of Jay Bruce. They got rid of Edwin Encarnacion. Everyone's gone. Like, there, there's no excitement there in Seattle until September rolls around and the Seahawks are back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Regardless, I thank the Seattle Mariners. They made the Yankees lineup 10 times better. Hunter, I'm going to give you your uh, 60 seconds on the Minnesota Twins. I think they currently have the best record in the American League right now. I'll give you more than 60 seconds. We could talk about the Twins yeah, for a little bit. Right now, they're 50 and 27. You know, they're actually going through like, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a struggling stretch, but you know, they've been losing a few more games than they have been at the beginning of the season. They're, they're crushing the Central. You know, the Indians are beat up. The White Sox are young. They're not ready yet. The Tigers and the Royals are going to have to go through whatever rebuilding phases they're going to try and go through. And it, it's the Twins division. They're just, it's a bunch of young, like, it's a ragtag group of guys. The, the Joe Maurer leader is gone. Dozier's gone. More no, that era has passed. It's new. Byron Buxton is finally evolving into like the potential five-tool player. Um, Max Kepler is having a heck of a year. Eddie Rosario, their entire outfield's great. CJ Crone, Nelson Cruz, they've been great pickups. Jonathan Scope's been great at second. Jorge Polanco, I believe he's third or fourth in uh, the MLB in hits. Kyle Gibson, Pineda, um, Barrios has been great. Jake Odorizzi has been as advertised as he wasn't last year. The bullpen's not giving away games like they like they did in the um, stretch of the season last year. It's just been they're, they're just winning games, whether it's out slugging teams or winning like these close two-one uh, pitchers duels. They're like they're not choking away games. They're finding ways to get the W, and that's what's been so fun to watch about them this year. And they really already they were the first 50-win team in the league. Uh, I saw that game the other night against Boston, 17 innings. Yes, I stayed up for it. I'm an avid Dude, baseball fan. Alex Cora's meltdown, fantastic. <laughs> oh, I always love to see that stuff happen. You know, exactly. You hate to see games it. Like those, it's yeah. games like those that they win, and you're like, all right, this team's got it. Like, do I think they're going to like go on some magical run and win the World Series? You know, probably not. They're really young, and they're still a little bit inconsistent in the bullpen, but... I mean, like, Rocco Baldelli, manager of the year right now, without a doubt. I mean, to me, if they if, if they can lock up the best record in the American League, and it, it's still a long ways away, but if they can continue this and lock up the best record in the American League, that changes everything for them, because now they play the team who wins the wild card game, which is looking like it's going to be... Maybe right. the Rays, the Red Sox, the Rangers. The, other team in right now. the Indians could climb their way back in, the White Sox. But at the same time, like none of those teams are going to overpower the Twins, in my estimation. Yeah, oh, I, think, I think it's very fair to say that the Twins are the third best team in the American League behind Houston and New York, whichever you want to put one or two. I mean, I could, like, you know, I could toot their own every day, but I think that, that's a fair placement, putting them third. If, if, like, if they win the best record in the American League, though, they get past whoever it is unless, again, Boston turns to 2018 form and annihilates the American possible. League. And the Indians, if they get healthy, we've seen the kind of runs they can go on. Terry Francona's got that in his locker. Um, right. Though, once they get to the playoffs, you never know. Mm -hmm. You get past the wild card team. You move to the ALCS like that. You're either playing the Yankees or the Astros. That's when it gets tough. Which, for our sake, I hope it's Houston because the Yankees are just absolutely on the Twins. Well, that, that, that was going to be my next thing. Like, the Yankees just historically, like, have no issues with the Twins. The Twins came in the Yankee Stadium this year, the best team in baseball. And the Yankees, literally, like, Gio Urshela was our five-hitter in that series. Yeah. And the Yankees still won two out of three like it was nobody's business. Yeah, no, it was. It's been tough. I specifically remember one game. I late two thousands. Uh, Scott Baker carried a no hitter into like it was like nine and a, or it was eight and a third, and then like we blew the game and like managed to lose like three one or something like that. It's just like oh, those type of games. We've, we've never been able to just like get past the Yankees 
It's 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 one of those like David Goliath type things, which like it could be like a, a big storyline going into October this year. Like they they could they could win 115 games this year and still get swept by the Yankees in the ALDS. Oh, you know, it's very plausible. <laughs> very plausible. So I'm a Yankee fan. He's a Twins fan. What about you, Lamar? Oh, Giants fan. Yeah, Bay Area. I was gonna say Giants or A's. I grew up a Giants fan. Kind of for us right now. Did you did you take for granted all those days with Madison Bumgarner? I'm about I'm about ready for him to go, man. <laughs> I imagine. Everybody, every time somebody hit a home run off, he want to fight. Like, man, let it go. Now, what do you think of it? So the Max Muncie home run. What what what's your take on that? Because to me, Max Muncie really didn't do a damn thing. He didn't do nothing. He hit the ball, looked at it for like maybe two or three seconds. He took off running and like... Like he clubbed it into McCovey's Cove. Yeah. But he literally dropped the bat, put his head down, ran to first, and, Ma right and Madison right. Bumgarner's barking at him like he did something... Yeah. Like as if it was Barry Bonds hitting 756, putting his hair up, yeah. putting his hands up in the air and just standing there for 10 seconds. It's not what he did. Yeah. First, yeah. Personally, I think it's the Dodger thing with him. You don't like the Dodgers, so. <laughs> like that, that That's just nonsense to me. It's not really a guy I'd want on my team at this point. I know everything that he's done in his career and throughout the playoffs. Like, I got the three World Series, but... And especially that 2014 yeah, Series. Yeah, I love him for that, but I think sometimes it looks like... I mean, I don't know if it's... If he needs to be on a new team, I would revitalize his career, but... The velocity is down. The pitch is not moving like they used to. Get all these world, the postseason innings, innings add up. Where on his arm like he did Matt Cain. Matt Cain. What a rotation that was. Bumgarner, Kane, Lincecum. Remember Barry Zito? Barry Zito. Those Kane, were the days. Kane. That's, I, I, I think, I, I feel so bad. I was so mad when they gave Barry Zito all that money. You know, definitely a, a tough time to be a Giants fan right now. Yeah, sorry, Lamar. Yeah, I was shocked when they were trying to get Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean... I mean, like, they were spending money like that. The Giants are still, like... I mean, granted, they haven't been that great, but I would still say, like, wearing a Giants uniform is kind of like a destination franchise in a way. I mean, it's no, like, yeah. Yankees or Cubs or anything, but, like, you know, it's a... It's a, it's a story franchise. Definitely one of the strongest fan bases in baseball, too. Oh, yeah, 100%. And if, if not one of the best. Uh, and last year, I know they tried to make a run on it. They acquired uh, Andrew McCutcheon and then Evan Longoria from the Rays just to see if they could catch lightning in a bottle with them. Maybe it was change of scenery would change things for them. Obviously, it did not. McCutcheon gets traded Long to the Yankees. Longoria's Longo's just a bust right now, towards the end of his career. Um, but yeah, tough to be a Giants fan. Sorry we're bloating about the Yankees and the Twins right now. <laughs> Times are good over here. Yeah. But. Twins fan, man, I gotta enjoy the Raws here. Never know. Yeah, it, it's gonna be gone in a blink of an eye if you face the Yankees in the division <laughs> series. I'm telling you. Very best four games. You with, with you about it, Jack, because like, it's just gonna happen. <laughs> You just know as soon as you get there, like, ah, eh, I'm not even going to watch. Right, it's like being like a lifelong Auburn football fan. It's like, you know, we're going to win an Iron Bowl occasionally, but, you know, I'm not... No I'm guarantee. Not <laughs> um, let's talk about Albert Pujols' return to St. Louis. So, this, this is astonishing to me that it took him, what, eight years yeah, to eight finally years. play a game at Bush Stadium? Like, the Angels haven't visited Bush Stadium once in the last eight years. Or was Albert Pujols just, like, so, on the I.L.? Like, to me, like, yeah. eight years, I feel like the Angels at least visited there once. Maybe he was on the D.L. at the time. I don't know. But eight years since returning to Bush Stadium, literally got an ovation like he was hitting third like for the Cardinals. Yeah. Like, as if he was on the Cardinals team. Hits a home run on Saturday. Crowd's going nuts like it's game six of the World Series back in 2011, and he hits a home run into the bullpen. And the Cardinals are a good team. They're contenders this year, and uh, they're going bananas for an imposing player, which is cool to see how Albert Pujols is that well-respected in St. Louis. Oh, yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, he, what, you know, there's, like, there's Sam Usual, Rogers Hornsby, there's those guys. Like, Albert Pujols is, like, 
almost a once-in-a-generation type player, especially for that franchise. I mean, he so what, he was rookie of the year, three-time MVP, at least, probably at least like double-digit All-Star games. Right. Um, I mean, like 400 home runs, at least in a Cardinal uniform. I mean, dude was a monster, the best hitter in the game. Like you could argue, like him or Miguel Cabrera is like the best hitters in the game for a ridiculous the time in like the 2000s. I think it was around that same time, 2011, 2010, 2011, 2012. I know Miguel Cabrera won them back-to-back -back MVPs in 2012 and 2013. But like you just said, Miguel Cabrera right. and Albert Pujols were at the front there for those years. And Albert Pujols, since 2000, when he showed up, his first year hit 37 home runs. Hit well over 300. It was one of those guys where, like, the ball just, like, sounds different off his bat. Even at, like, uh, however old he is now. Like, he's still able to put the ball over Which is insane. I mean, I worked for the Angels during spring training in Tempe. And he, he'll take batting practice and it just, like, you, you know he's not the same Albert Pujols from St. Louis. Yeah. But still, when he connects, like, bat to barrel right on the sweet spot, like, it's a different sound. Like him and Trout stand among the rest. You got like Upton there, you have Otani, you have Simmons. Pujols and Trout, it just sounds different off the bat. And it's it's funny that Pujols and Trout are on the same team now. It's sort of like a passing of the torch of like, you know, just the elite of the elite when it comes to being in the batter's box. And just think back in 2012 when they signed him, they had Trout as a rookie and they had Albert Pujols, their big signing. They thought they were gonna be one of the best teams in the American League. And Albert Pujols it's never really... It's crazy to think that Pujols has been in L.A. for eight years. Yeah. yeah but... And by the time like his contract's thing, over, it'll I mean, be this even. Year next year, it'll be his 20th season. Right. So he was with St. Louis for 12 years. He got 2000 through 2011. And by the time this contract's over, 10 or 11 years. I mean, obviously, when he goes to the Hall of Fame, he's going in with the Cardinals. But that's that's just astonishing to yeah. me. That, yeah. uh... Any for, I mean, players nowadays to get 20 years in the bigs is impressive. And, you know, like, we see it, like, with pitchers every now and then, but as, like, for a hitter to be, like, obviously propulsive, like, he went down the slope as he got older, but he was never a liability at the plate. Like, you could sort of say that Miguel Cabrera is right now for Detroit. I mean, he's just been a consistent hitter for 20 years, which is such a hard thing to... And he did drop off a little bit older. when he got there. Like, when he first got to Anaheim, he was not the player everybody expected him to be. And as he got older, people right. just started expecting that he wasn't going to be the same player he was in St. Louis. But he's still been well, a solid hitter. Three, four years ago, he made an All-Star game again for, like, the first time since leaving St. Louis. Right. 2015, he made the All-Star team. He played home runs that year. It's crazy Oof. stuff for, for him to be able to like, recapture. And I feel like... Everything that, like, his entire career with St. Louis, like, the two World Series championships, I felt like all those moments were just sort of recaptured, like, over this past weekend when he revisited. Oh, 100%. And, like, like we said, it was like he never left. 100%. I mean, and all of his accomplishments, like, not all of his accomplishments, but a lot of his milestone moments have been with the Angels. You know, like, his yeah. 600th home run, 500th home run, uh, his 3,000th hit last year. But this weekend was like the culmination of his career returning to St. Louis and hitting one about 400 feet and everybody's going nuts, which was a pretty cool thing to see. Uh, from one history-making moment with Albert Pujols, let's talk about a historic rookie season that Pete Alonso's had with the New York Mets. He already has 27 home runs. He hit like four this weekend at Wrigley Field. All of them just jaw-dropping shots. Like, this guy's hitting the ball out of the park faster than I think Aaron Judge did his rookie year. Such an easy sweet swing, too. I mean, sometimes he's not even swinging all the way through, and it's just getting out of the ballpark. Yeah. It's like a golf swing sometimes. Another one of those guys where, like, you know, he just kind of, like, came up and, like, oh, who's this Pete Alonzo kid? And he's just, I mean, dude, like, he's, he's already passed Dale Strawberry for the most, uh, amount of home runs in a rookie season by uh, a rookie for the Mets. And we're not at the All-Star break. No. And I, he's already smashed that right I don't think anybody's hit this much home runs in the first half. Well, I know Aaron Judge did get 30 at the All-Star break in 2017. But we're still about three weeks removed from the All-Star game. I remember Chris Davis with the uh, Orioles hit 37 back in 2013, I think it was. 
And uh, Pete Alonso still has plenty of time to get there. I mean, he hit four this weekend. Yeah, I mean, if he's able to, like, avoid the, the slump out of the gate in the second half, which, I mean, it'll probably catch him at some point. I mean, he could be, he could put on, like, you know, just absolutely ridiculous numbers and, like, really etch his name in the history books as a rookie. And a rookie of the year, for sure, right? I mean, the only guy, you got Soroka with the Braves, but yeah, I don't I don't know if he holds a candle to... Pete Alonso. And just think how good the Mets offense could be if Yoannis Cespedes didn't step in a ditch. And if and if David Wright could stay healthy. Cindergaard stays healthy at the top of the rotation. You got Cindergaard, DeGrom, Wheeler, and Matt to go with that bullpen. And you have Wright, Cespedes, and Alonzo at your core in the lineup. They could it's easily just, contend for the NL East every year. Mets, you know? It's they just, just, it's just the Mets. Like, you can compare the New York Mets to, like, the Von Erich family in wrestling. They're just, like, conceded with bad luck every single year. Just, I mean, like, Vargas and Callaway, like, Vargas having to be restrained from hitting at a reporter. Like, it's just, it's a Mets thing, you know? Those things just happen when you wear Mets uniforms. I mean, the New York media is, like, we know how the New York media is in the first place, but I mean, it, it's just one of those things. It's just when you wear the orange and blue in New York instead of the, the pinstripes, it's just like bad luck is destined to come. I mean, I feel like the biggest example of that was in 2014 when Chris Young signed the one-year contract with the Mets. Had a terrible year, like horrific, historically bad year. Was hitting like a buck seventy-five when they dropped him in August, and the Yankees picked him up on waivers in September, and he hit 10 home runs in September. Almost got yeah. them back in the playoff push in 2014. The Yankees always seem to get the best out of guys when they're having down years. Like, I remember last year with the Twins, Lance Lynn just wasn't getting it done, and then comes over to New York, shaves the beard, starts throwing well. Just one of those things. I don't know, change of scenery work for guys, but especially when you're going from one side of New York to the other, it, it's odd. I mean, who the hell knew who this Luke Voigt guy was? with the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, who the hell knew who Gio Urshela was with the Indians? And now the guy's in second behind Alex Bregman in the All-Star Game voting for third baseman. And it's hard to argue. Normally, like, with the fan vote, you know, you could, you could like, back when Jeter and A-Rod were in, it was like, okay, they're going to be starting shorts off their base every year. That's just how it is. There's an abundance of Yankees fans. They're going to vote, vote, vote. But it's, it's hard to argue against most of the Yankees guys. You know, they're just, they're just playing really good baseball. I mean, they have a finalist at every position, I think. I think Luke Voigt leads at first. LeMahieu second at second base. Glaber Torres second at short. And then Gio Urshela second at uh, third base. And Aaron Judge is even a finalist. He hasn't even played at all this year. That's one of that's one of the things we'll get into. There's a lot of, like, fan... A lot of people think that fan voting should be revoked. It should be removed going forward. Because there's a lot of guys that have been snubbed this year. I mean, Pete Alonso, we just talked about him, a historic rookie year, ain't going to the All-Star game unless uh, Dave Roberts picks him for the All-Star game as a reserve. Um, Xander Bogarts leads uh, the AL among shortstops in batting average, home runs, doubles, RBIs. Not going to the All-Star game unless, of course, his manager picks him as a reserve, which he will. But he's sixth in voting behind guys like Carlos Correa, who has had a bad year and hasn't played since April. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, man. The fans are going to vote for who they like regardless of how they're doing. I mean, Bryce Harper not having a great year. You know, I mean, like, it's, there, there's definitely better ways to fix the all-star voting, I think. Like, do you think that fan voting should be removed entirely, or do you think that there's no, ways... You have to have you have to let the fans have some say. I mean, you could do something along the lines of like a third of the votes go to the fans, a third go to like, you know, the writers and the people who vote for who gets into Cooperstown, and a third could go to like other players in the league or managers, you know? Yeah, that's a good idea. Unless you have the players, they're the one who play. Exactly. So those guys are gonna recognize real. Yeah. Like, I know managers get the reserve players, which is like, what, upwards to seven guys now? Even more. Yeah, I mean, there's there's gonna be two or three guys who can't 
throw or who can't make it or something along those Someone had like a start that really can't be used as a roster spot, man. Right. Someone, but, but I think uh, in general it should. It, I mean, you could. It's an easy change to make too. Like to me, like Raphael Devers at third base should be up there instead of Gio Urshela. And I like I've been watching Gio Urshela all year. He's been a pleasant surprise for the Yankees. Should not be yeah. second in the AL voting behind Alex Bregman. Bregman hasn't even had that great of a year offensively. I mean, he has 21 home runs, but his average isn't up. He really hasn't produced as well as he's capable of producing. So I don't know. It is what it is for me. Yeah, I mean, the Stars are always going to get their vote in, especially now with the fans' vote meaning pretty much everything. Yeah. Like, the biggest thing there is Aaron Judge being a finalist. (laughs) He hasn't played at all. He yeah, played for that. three weeks. I feel like at that point, MLB should be like, okay, you should have to at least have like a minimum amount of like plate appearances or games played. Who knows? Who knows what Alex Cora is going to go with? Maybe he'll go with Austin Romine. I could I could see Dave Roberts just picking all of his Dodger reserves. Yeah. Get Max uh, Muncy in there. Cody's gonna be there. Get Austin Barnes a few at bats. Jack, the Yankees trying to blow this game. Ten seven. What inning? Bottom of eight. You should be fine. Ten of seven. What the fuck happened? <laughs> That's that bullpen for you, dude. It's either lights out or it's it's like Del- it's literally Dylan Batances in a, in a nutshell with the Yankees bullpen. They'll they'll walk the bases loaded on eleven pitches and then he'll strike out the side on nine. Boy holder failing to record now five. Jonathan can't hold the can't hold a lead holder. Yeah. He's probably the worst person in that bullpen. What's up? What's up with Is he coming back this year? He should be good to go. He, I think he's going to come back around the same time Severino comes back. But like I was saying, like Batantis in that bullpen with Ottavino and Britton and Chapman. Um, Chad Green. Chad Green, though he got sent down this year, got called back up. He's been all right since. It's That's a true, deadly bullpen. Yeah. It's like guys like Mike Fulton Neffich getting sent down. It's, you know, like the, he was an all-star last year. It's like being a, a kicker in the NFL. It's like one, two weeks, one, two starts. And then you're you're sent down and you get a big reality check. I mean, Tommy Canley was lights out for the Yankees in 2017 during that playoff run. Was in yeah. AAA for most of the year last year, if not all of it. Now he's back this year having a decent year in the bullpen. But when Batances comes back, like I just said, like Batances will walk the bases loaded on 12 pitches and then come out and strike out the side on nine. Like he's just the most unpredictable pitcher when he's out there on the mound. Has like no control. Yeah, they want to. They want to give the fans a show, and they go out there. I guess. It, it, it's just a story. It's like a storyline. It's wrestling, dude. It's just a storyline. <laughs> he just riles up the fans' emotions, only to like give everybody a sigh of relief afterwards. But yeah, we talked about the Dodgers uh, three games with the Rockies. Matt Beatty, Will Smith, Alex Verdugo. Three walk-off home runs by three rookies. Never been done before. Uh, Yankees continue their hot streak, though they might just blow this game against the Blue Jays. Who really cares at this point? They're six and one on the homestand. Like they, they they can afford a loss or two. Albert Pujols returning to St. Louis was insane. A building erupt at Bush Stadium when he hit that home run. Pete Alonso's on a tear, though he might get snubbed from the All Star game because All Star game voting is rigged, and fans really shouldn't be allowed to vote. There should be some regulation, some rules going into that. Here's how I'm going to end this podcast, because this is what I do on the O Show. We tell embarrassing stories. I bring on guests, and I have them tell embarrassing stories about themselves. Hunter, I'll let you go first. Oh, man. About what do you got for me? Like about baseball related? Uh, like it, I mean, if you want it to be baseball-related, it can. It could be anything you want. I mean, embarrassing comes in all shapes and forms. Um, going 0 for 4 in a state tournament championship game is pretty embarrassing. That, that's not humiliating. That's not something you'd be like, oh, man, did that just happen? Put me on the spot. That's what I do. I put everyone on the spot. Lamar, you got anything? Got any stories in mind? I played uh, QE baseball. I got 
had the Jose Canseco thing happen to me. The ball hit up the top of my head and I was going to uh, <laughs> catch it. And fucking was in third out and uh, three runs came home. That's the most unfair thing that happened to me. Ooh. <laughs> Did it hurt? No, I didn't hurt till after. When I hit my head, I was like, oh shit, I gotta find the ball. But your feelings hurt. It hurt a little bit. It had a nice little battle on top of my head. <laughs> Must have been a rough car ride home. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. Dude, that was easy. I know, dude. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm drawing blank. Well, I'll give you a little bit more time to think. I'll give you mine. And I've actually told this one on this show before, but it was a long time ago, so I'll tell it again. The time uh, A-Rod walked in on me in a porta potty. It was at Chase Field. It was at Chase Field last Mother's Day, 2018. So the Diamondbacks were playing the Nationals. It was Sunday Night Baseball. So Rodriguez, Matt Vasgersian, and uh, Jessica Mendoza were doing the call on ESPN. And I was working for the Diamondbacks at the time in um, security. And basically my job for the night was to watch the ESPN Baseball Tonight production truck. Make sure nobody got in, whoever was going out, make sure they had their credential, whatever. And uh, my job at the end of the night was to make sure Alex, Matt, and Jessica got in to the production dr truck safely without any fans bothering them. So they come by, uh, hold the door for them. I'm like, great job, guys. They, they, they don't respond. Typical. Whatever. It's whatever. Uh, they go in to uh, the production truck. I close the door. So I'm basically like, my shift's done at this point. So there's a porta potty like right across from the production truck, and I really got to. Really got to go to the bathroom. Going to the porta potty, enjoying a nice, peaceful piss in the porta potty outside of Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. And of course, like in the back of my head, I'm like, someone's gonna walk in. There was no lock on the door, and nobody knocks anymore. Like it should be common courtesy. Like you should knock before. Like some people say you should lock the door. I'm one of those guys that say you should knock on the door first. I feel like that's common courtesy. Anyways, door opens, and of course, I'm just like, uh, someone's, like, you know how, you, like, your voice completely changes when someone walks in on you in the bathroom? You're like, ah, someone's in here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry. And I, I turn right back around, I'm like, holy shit, that was Alex Rodriguez. Like, a guy I idolized growing up with the Yankees playing third base just walked in on me while I was taking a piss. I hope you enjoyed it. So I had about like 90 seconds to think like, okay, he's gonna be standing out there. What am I gonna say? I gotta say something clever. Just gotta say something that'll be like, oh, funny guy, something. Like just something yeah. to break the ice with him. Go out there, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Rodriguez. He goes, hey man, at least it wasn't Je uh, Jennifer. Slaps me on the chest. I look into <laughs> the, the Chevy Tahoe waiting for them because I guess they were off the next city. There's Jennifer Lopez in the car just waving awkwardly at me. And I'm just like, damn. That's weird. Wow, that's a great story. That's how you tell a story. I gave you time, Hunter. All right. Me and Lamar are producing great content on this show. You better not disappoint. <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind when I related to baseball is, I, I don't know, probably like seven or eight at the time, I had just got done with the game. And um, so like at the park where I played, I played at the park like T-ball through uh, like, so I was like 14, 15. And there's this like big hill that you go up and down like after every game. And like we had just finished up and I was like walking with my team like back to uh, like the parking lot or cars. And so like you know, we were going home that night. We had school the next day. And I just, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I was trying to be like the funny guy. And I just, would, I still had my cleats on, didn't have like another pair of shoes to change into. I slip on the top of this step and just like crumble down like, like 30 steps and just ate it had to get stitches in my eyebrow it was was it legitimately 30 steps i mean it was like like you were going down like peter griffin just like flopping yeah, on top it, of it felt like 300 <laughs> <laughs> i remember like luis castillo did that with the mets in the clubhouse after a game i cracked his skull open oh yeah i mean luckily i wasn't too bad but yeah no i could have been bad it could have been worse. Definitely could have been worse. Like the twins. Could like have been walked in on a <laughs> porta potty by <laughs> Yeah, it, that could have happened, but it didn't. So you should be happy. I don't know the story, man. 
Yeah, I mean that that one stands among the rest for me. Like I, I'll tell that story. Like I'll tell my grandkids that story one day. Alex Rodriguez saw Papa's wing, boys and girls. <laughs> I'm gonna be the life of the party. But uh this was I don't even know what episode this was. Number one show of the O Show Podcast with Jack O'Hara, Hunter Shelton, and Lamar Fields from Belly Up Sports. You check us out on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, and wherever the hell hell you guys get your podcasts. It's been fun, boys. Thanks for joining us here on this Belly Up Baseball edition of the O Show podcast. Hit it, Hootie. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube